In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. In September of 1620, the uh, group finally gathered into one ship, the Mayflower, and set sail for the New World. They had intended to take two ships. The Speedwell began to take on water, and so all 102 passengers had to cram onto the Mayflower uh, with about 30 or so crew members. The ship uh, was a small ship. They called it a sweet ship because it had spent much of its life transporting wine from Portugal and the casks had leaked for years into the bottom of the ship so that it smelled like this uh, sweet port wine. It was about as big as this space that we're in now. So 102 people below decks for 10 weeks. Not really. <laughs> 10 weeks. And during that time, they realized that they were going to have to have a way, as you can imagine, uh, to govern themselves. And uh, the Mayflower Compact was not the only democratic document written by travelers who were coming to the New World. There were dozens of such documents written in those hundred or so years of this incredible time of migration of people understanding that there needed to be a body politic, that there needed to be a rule of law uh, that they were going to all adhere to and um, help each other with, right? They didn't come with a government in pocket. They didn't come with uh, police or other kind of bureaucratic authorities. They knew that they had to organize themselves. And this is what sets that group apart from others in so many ways. You know, when the Spanish came to the New World, they came um, as the conquistadors. They came with armies in order to get gold and to take it back to the old world. When the Russians went to Alaska and they went to Northern California, they were there for fur and they were there for timber to take it back. When the um, Portuguese came, when the uh, French came, they were coming for natural resources and to take them back. What separates this group is they brought their babies with them, right? They brought their babies because what they had realized was that they had in their hearts a desire for freedom and to be able to worship as their consciences dictated and that they needed to do that first and foremost in their homes. They realized that church starts at the bedside. Church starts in the family and that that is the foundation of all upbringing, of all giving of truth and and knowledge that starts in the family, and that when they come together, they become that larger church, but they had to do it within their families, and they had to organize their families in a way um, that was following their consciences and their understanding of Holy Scripture. Now, not all of those that were in the ship were Puritans, right? They were all pilgrims, but not all pilgrims were Puritans. Many of them were strangers. That's what the Puritans called them. They would have been good members of the Church of England, worshiping with the Elizabethan prayer book like we are today, organizing themselves in that right way of worship, which gives me a glad heart to think that, uh, that we could be a part of that group. But for all of them, they understood that true wealth is found 
and understanding God's law and adhering to it. Right? This country is not the one that has the most material resources. We don't have the most oil. We don't have the most gold. We don't have the most timber. We don't have the most of any natural resource. Our wealth comes from following the rule of law because of our value of the rule of law. And people that immigrate to this country sometimes understand that and sometimes don't. But finally we come to an understanding that it's following the rule of law that brings us the wealth and order and the abundance that we have received because of our desire to discern God's will, to desire and to understand a right way to organize ourselves, that we are responsible to one another, and that is what builds a good society. First, founded and cemented in the home, where we teach law and good manners and good order to our children and practice it within our homes and then bring it to that larger church as an offering, as a thanksgiving to God and to his people. Everything that we have is from that good gift. The gift of God to give us a right way to order our lives and the gift of our founding fathers and those that came over before to order themselves according to God's will. And as always, we can say much about what they did or said, but it's always better to hear from them themselves. A letter sent from New England to a friend in these parts, setting forth a brief and true declaration of the worth of that plantation, is also certain useful directions for such as intend a voyage into those parts. Written by Edward Winslow, Plymouth in New England, this 11th of December, 1621. Loving and old friend, although I received no letter from you by this ship, yet forasmuch as I know you expect the performance of my promise, which was to write unto you truly and faithfully of all things, I have therefore at this time sent you accordingly, referring you for further satisfaction to our more large relations. You shall understand that in this little time that a few of us have been here, we have built seven dwelling houses and four for the use of the plantation and have made preparation for diverse others we set the last spring some 20 acres of Indian corn and sowed some six acres of barley and peas. And according to the manner of the Indians, we manured our ground with herrings, or rather shads, which we have in great abundance and take with great ease at our doors. Our corn did prove well, and God be praised, we had a good increase of Indian corn and our barley indifferent good. But our peas not worth the gathering, for we feared they were too late sown. They came up very well and blossomed, but the sun parched them in the blossom. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might after have a special manner rejoice together 
after we had gathered the fruits of our labors. They four, in one day, killed as much fowl as with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst our other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest king, Massaswa, with some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. <laughs> 